Hey there, fellow human. You ever find yourself looking at the world thinking, ugh, what the <laughs> It's chaotic out here, and it's hard to find people that not only accept you, but relate to you and help you work through your mistakes. There's so many responsibilities and stressful situations, but not enough conversations that make us feel connected and remind us of what we love about life. So... If you find yourself sitting there second-guessing your weirdness or wondering about your life choices, I'm here to remind you that you never have to sit alone because I'm Miranda Gravit and you can sit by me. Hey guys, I am here with one of the most influential people in my life. Um, She is the one who instilled my love of learning. Um, I've had a lot of people asking me for um, interviews with somebody in education or early childhood. So today I have with me the woman that was my kindergarten teacher, uh, Miss Nancy Richards. Would you like to give a little bit of your background? Sure, Miranda. Thanks for inviting me to be with you. Um, I am... First and foremost, a mom. Um, I have, uh, I live in Redbud, but I teach in, or I've been teaching in Belleville for many years, 34 years to be exact. <laughs> uh, actually just retired. Um, I do have um, three kids who are all adults now, all doing well and living independently and um, functioning in society, which is always, <laughs> is always what you, you know, your goal is. Um, that they are, they are off and doing their own thing. Um, but I, again, I said I've been teaching now for, I taught for 34 years, uh, 32 years in kindergarten. So I have a pretty strong background there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess my first question is what originally made you want to come to teaching and did you always know that you wanted to work with the younger kids? Um, my dad was actually a teacher. He was a seventh grade math teacher, which I was always terrible at math, but <laughs> <laughs> I did, I just grew up in a house, I think with a teacher and that sometimes influences you. Um, I think sometimes it runs in families, which we now know my daughter is also a teacher. <laughs> so, um, I did always want to be a teacher from the time I was probably about five. Uh, I knew it. Um, it wasn't always, my dad didn't always want me to be a teacher. In fact, mm-hmm. he said, I'm not going to send you to college to be a teacher. But then um, he realized that that was my true calling. And mm-hmm. so that's that's why I became a teacher. And I would do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think are, because, I mean, it's coming up on back to school season. There's a lot of people out there that are getting ready to send their kids to school for the first time. What do you think is some advice that you would give to parents who are, that have kids that are getting ready to start their school journey for the first time? Well, I have several different avenues of talking about that. <laughs> um, I have some academic ones, which would be, you know, being a kindergarten teacher, I, I can speak basically from that arena. Um you need to allow your kids to experiment at home with things like crayons and scissors and Play-Doh and, and things that strengthen their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to read with them all the time. Read books and talk about them. One of the biggest um, issues that we have in education are uh, is kids' vocabulary. They have Their vocabulary is so low, and that can really be increased greatly if you just read and talk with your child about things that they're reading or things that they're seeing in the world. Um, I would say um, 
when they come to school, one of the most important things you can do is establish a good relationship with the teacher. And always remember to, you know, we're always defensive about our own kids. Um, you know, even I mm -hmm. have been defensive before about my own kids. Uh, but we have to remember to take a breath when we get upset about something and ask the teacher what's going on before accusing. So if you have a good, build a good relationship with the teacher, um, it'll make your life a lot easier and she will she or he will appreciate it greatly. Um, also, one of the things that uh, we always notice, people really like to throw around, around the word bullying. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think people need to remember that not when a child is mean once in a while mm -hmm. or does something inappropriate, that's not necessarily bullying. Yeah. Um, that bullying is a repetitive thing uh, or something that happens, you know, fairly consistently and to a single individual or it could be to many. But sometimes we have people who come in and immediately, if a child says something mean, um, one day they'll call and say, my child's being bullied. And um, bullying is a very significant problem. Mm -hmm. And obviously we want to deal with bullying and we don't tolerate uh, things that are inappropriate. We don't want kids to be mistreated. But, um, you know, we just need to be careful about, mm -hmm. the, uh, about how we define that. Um, and then the last thing that I kind of noted was um, just be patient because kids, when they come in, are at all different skill levels. Mm -hmm. And so you have a teacher who doesn't know these, you know, 20 or 20, 25 kids who are coming in. And um, give them time to get to know your child, build a relationship with your child, and also get to know where they're at academically before, uh, because your child may be reading while we have another kid who's never even held a pencil mm -hmm. so uh, sometimes you just have to be a little bit patient and they will get they will get there mm -hmm. everybody will get there but it just um, sometimes we just have to go to different pace yeah I think that's a interesting thing that I've always thought about kindergarten is like I come from the preschool setting mm -hmm. so it's like we're teaching them all the same things trying to get them ready for kindergarten mm -hmm. but once they're in kindergarten you don't really know if they've ever been in childcare, if they've ever been right. away from their parents what they have been taught so that I feel like I commend you for that because I don't even know where I would start with that yeah yeah we do we do get children who've never been anywhere or done it you know never been around other children uh, don't know how to socialize things like that so that's always um you know, something we work on too at the beginning of the year, especially, um, would just be getting them to understand the bound, the, the rules and the, um, oh, uh, procedures mm -hmm. in the classroom and things like that. But, you know, they all get there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, that probably, that's a good point because I feel like they're at that age where they're kind of like sponges and they mm -hmm. take things in really quickly. Um, so that probably helps, but yeah, I, constantly I'm sitting there thinking about my own son who he just turned three and I'm like is he in the right place are we doing the right yeah things? I know it's always a challenge to sometimes when you especially if you have kiddos who have like late summer birthdays and things like that whether should I send them should I not send them mm -hmm. so yeah it's always an interesting challenge <laughs> um what would you say are some important things for people to know if they're thinking about teaching as a profession my biggest thing I think I would say as a teacher is you have to really like kids. <laughs> <laughs> big uh, part. <laughs> yeah, they need to know that you like them, 
they need to see that you like what you're doing when you're around them, that you enjoy teaching them and that you're, you know, making efforts to make things interesting for them because teaching is just all about relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you can build those relationships first, um, you'll be much more successful. The kids will want to, uh, they want to learn from you. They want to do, they want to please you. They want to do all those things. So building those relationships again will, will help all of those help them succeed. Yeah. They'll, they'll want to do things. Um, and also, um, you know, it just, if hopefully you're not getting into it because you want the summers off and you think it's going to be an easy job because you're in for a rude awakening. If that's, (laughs) (laughs) if that's the reason you get into teaching, it is not an easy job. It's a very, very demanding job. And, um, quite frankly, you're not paid, um, at the level of other professions that Mm -hmm. have a similar, uh, education background. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to really want to do this job and it's, you know, you really need to love it. You really need to love the kids. And, and, um, I mean, I, like I said, I would, I would continue to do it if there weren't other (laughs) major stresses Mm -hmm. uh, in the job. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it can be very, very stressful. Do you think that some people are built for it and some people choose to do it even though they aren't? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. How and I think that's what happens when, you know, they, sometimes teachers get bashed and have, you know, get a bad name. Of course, we all see crazy stories in the news, you know, with people who've done outrageous things, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, that's just one here or there. Mm-hmm. And that's just like in any profession, you're going to have people who are not professional who are, you know, not, don't do a good job and those kind of things. And of course that's, I mean, that's, we have that in our profession too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But for the most part, I would say over my career, I would say, you know, 95% of those people were all in it for the right reasons. Yeah. I feel like the ones that last typically are. (laughs) Yeah. I think so. I think you have to, Yeah. You're, you won't make it if you're if you aren't willing to learn from your mistakes mm-hmm. and make changes and evaluate. I can't tell you. I mean, up to my very last year, you mm-hmm. know, I was coming home thinking, what could I do better tomorrow? Because you know, I'm having problems with this child doing all these things, and what can I do to help that child, you know, improve or or, um, you know, you just it's just a lot of self-evaluation. I think Um, that's important for whenever you're working with kids because number one, kids can smell fear. mm -hmm. Like (laughs) that is not even a joke. People say it all the time, but I'm like, no, for real, if you go into something feeling intimidated Mm -hmm. by the number of children in a room and not having that commanding presence Mm -hmm. that isn't like, you know, aggressive or anything, but it's like, hey, you know, Mm -hmm. like... I really truly believe that you either have it or you don't mm-hmm. because I've seen some people come into a classroom and be like, okay, what do I do? And yeah. I'm like, the yeah. first, I didn't even know that I wanted to work with kids until I was probably like 15. And I, as soon as I walked in the room, I was like, okay, everybody, like getting all excited. Yeah. And like, I was like, I actually really like this. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, I've seen other people that they walk in a room and they're like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, and, and I, I've had student teachers over the years too, where, you know, my, I would say, oh, they're, they're, that's a, she's a natural or, you know, she's meant to be a teacher or he, and, um, 
I've had some, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, I had to shake my head, you know, a little (laughs) bit and say, yeah, I'm not really sure how this one's going to work out. Um, But, you know, I guess we all live and learn. Hopefully those people found another (laughs) another (laughs) avenue to go down for their life. But, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do think, like you said, you have to be able to have that presence. Kids appreciate boundaries. Mm -hmm. They appreciate discipline. Um, they don't know that they do, but they do. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, I always had a very, I'm very firm with kids, but I'm not mean to them or crabby at Mm -hmm. them. You know what I mean? I would just say, Oh no, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, sit down kind of thing. And they don't, they, they can respond to that mm-hmm. where you're not going to scream and yell at a kid and get him to do what you want him to do. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Yeah. So some people don't know, can't handle their own emotions. Yeah. They let it all get to them and you have to maintain that exterior of I'm in charge and mm-hmm. you're going to do got it. My yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it goes back to also like having those relationships with the mm-hmm. kids and building that respect. Like yeah. they have to feel it from you too. Absolutely. So and you have to kind of get to them face to face, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I always, because I'm so tall, I'm a very tall person <laughs> and, um, I always would sit down and get to their level and I would look them in the face and I'd say, I'm really sad that, that you did that, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of, you, I mean, you just put it, you know, ask them, you know, why, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, are you upset about something? And I, you just have a conversation with them. They they don't always know how to put their emotions into words. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have to ask the right questions. And, um, you know, and then I end it with a hug mm-hmm. because, and then move on. And usually if you can get through that kind of stuff and forgive them and take that time with them, you're going to have a lot better, you know, outcome. Yeah. Do you feel like, I guess this is just kind of in the back of my head, thinking of it now because like in the preschool setting you are able to be you you almost have to be emotional with the Mm -hmm. kids and make sure that they know like I genuinely care about you and I'm here for you Mm -hmm. and because I think sometimes whenever they go home they may not necessarily have the safest space are you able to do that in a public school setting like with boundaries I yeah I do um or I always have I I'm a big hugger and you know, if I, you're, you're not going to stop them from hugging you. No, they walk in and they you hugging me. Yeah. <laughs> you the best hugs. They walk in and they throw their arms around, you know, my legs or my waist. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it doesn't, there's, that's the one thing I think in retirement that I will miss the mm-hmm. most is their little hugs. But, um, I am a very affectionate person, but I also am very, like I share with them. So, uh, they knew there were times I would cry in front of them about mm-hmm. things you know if um, I can't I, I wish I could think of a good example but this year especially I think this past year I had a wonderful class I loved them so much and you know I got a little emotional sometimes because I knew it was my last year mm-hmm. and they were so awesome and I would tear up and and they just you know they would just hug me about oh don't cry you know or they, <laughs> they, were, they were so sweet and I just think you know uh, the relationships with them is, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best part. Um, what, I guess that kind of answers my question of what are the best parts of this job? Is there <laughs> any, is there any other like parts that you're like, yeah, this is a really, really good part yeah. of this job? Um, so I loved my, I love my coworkers. Um, you know, we've, we've always been there to support each other. Teachers are a very different breed. And so nobody really gets us at home. Like, unless you're really, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we come home and we want to talk about something or complain about something sometimes, mm-hmm. or, you know, and unless you're a teacher, you don't really get it. Mm-hmm. And so coworkers are the best, 
um, sounding boards because mm-hmm. they get what you're doing, what's, what you're People going through. So, with you. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So that, they were great. And also, um, some of the best things for me were, well, I said, you know, one of the things I was going to say was watching kids make friends mm-hmm. and nurturing that and seeing them be so sweet to each other, you know, and helpful and just capturing those little moments where you just sit, you know, you're sitting away from them, but you see them do wonderful little things that they maybe wouldn't have always done before. And, you know, they've learned something new to be, how to be a good friend. And, um, and it, the other thing, like kids that age, they just, they don't see color, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're just all friends. We don't, you know, it's just wasn't a thing. And I always had to laugh because people would say, well, what, you know, how many, how many, um, African-American students do you have? How many, you know, Caucasian, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's not that I can't see it, but right. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not going to count. I don't know. Yeah. I, they're just all my kids. Right. I don't, I couldn't care less mm-hmm. what color they were or, you know, what, it didn't make any difference. So uh, the kids were just so awesome like that. And I remember we would talk about, you know, Martin Luther King and different things and, and they were just, we would, I would talk to them about what it used to be like in this country and, mm-hmm. and they would just be like, wow, why was, you know, and, and just so amazed by that didn't make any sense. You know, why, why would people treat each other that way? And, you know, so, Mm -hmm. I mean, just, it was really a fun thing to, to talk to them about because they really embraced it Mm -hmm. and they were like, wow, we just love our friends. We don't care about that. Um, but also seeing people like you and Ariel and, um, Emily Schwann's, I mean, you guys became friends in mm-hmm. my classroom. Literally the first day of school was right. Emily and Ari were And you have friends. been friends for your whole lives. So, you know, I got to be there at the beginning mm-hmm. of your friendships and that's pretty awesome to still see. And, you know, I see you guys on Facebook or different things mm-hmm. and it's fun. It's fun to see that. And even Alan Bucks, I didn't have him, but mm-hmm. I, I remember him, you know, and yeah, I remember him being in the talent show and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that that was awesome. And then one of the really exciting things was always um, when, you know, I always tell the kids, well, you can read, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they they would be reading things, but little things, but they would not believe it. And I'd say, see, you can read. No, they didn't believe it. And then one day they would sit down and they'd read a book. And then they'd look at me like, I just wrote a book like they, and I said, I've been telling you all along that you right. can read. You and can they're like, this? I can read. I'm like, right. <laughs> so so like, the, the, yeah, the little light bulb went on. And so those, that was always pretty, pretty awesome. So, and then all was, you know, just getting notes, um, from parents that really appreciated what we did and yeah. what I did. And then also, and like getting visits from kids who were just in the other grades that I'd had or, or, had um, gone on and mm-hmm. came back to see me and things like that, or friended me on Facebook and mm-hmm. things like that. So <laughs> it's always fun to just just catch up. But so those are all the best parts to me. Yeah. yeah. What do you think on the flip of that coin mm. are some of the most challenging pieces? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, loaded question. Uh, very loaded. Um, some of the challenges are des- definitely um, behavior. And discipline in the mm-hmm. classroom um it's gotten more significant over time kids see a lot of stuff and, yeah and they and they bring it to school and yeah. they don't always know anything different yeah and so that's something we have to work on a lot um 
some other challenges are, you know, when you get a parent who comes in with a chip on their shoulder, mm -hmm. they've had a bad experience growing up in school and they don't like school and they don't, you know, they aren't there to give you a chance. They're, they just defensive from mm -hmm. the minute they walk in. And so sometimes that's a real challenge. And, you know, I always just try to kill them with kindness kind mm -hmm. of thing, you know, and really act positive and happy to see them not act it but yeah. <laughs> you know behave in that manner right. you know and, and you know try to feel it as best you can of course you know you're always trying to win them over you know you want them to to be happy that your their right. child's in your class and that kind of thing so it's sometimes that's a big challenge um constantly receiving new curriculums um you get good at teaching something after a few years and then they give you a new one and then you have to start over that gets a little difficult um and uh, and then also you know there's a lot of professional development that you're expected to do so on top of working full-time mm -hmm. you're also doing professional development and that's just that's a lot and especially on a young person you know i remember when my when i was young and, and starting out my mom had cancer and i was trying to work full-time go to school and you know, be present for my mom who lived in Springfield, Illinois. So yeah. she was North. Um, and then, and that was, you know, super hard. And then when I got married and had kids, of course I wanted to spend time with my kids. I didn't want to, you know, you're, you have other things mm -hmm. to do. And so that's sometimes hard. Uh, I think it's maybe gotten a little bit easier now because I think they do a lot more with uh, master's degrees online and things like that. Yeah. So maybe it's not quite as bad, but it's still, it's still time regardless yeah. of whether you're getting in the car and driving there. Um, and then I would say sometimes <laughs> I, I had a fantastic principal. I, he was amazing. He trusted me as a professional and he, you know, he would say to me, well, you're the, you're the, um, master teacher. So, you know, you know better than I do kind of thing, yeah. which was very, he, I was, I felt very respected by mm -hmm. him, but I've also worked for people who were very much micromanagers, um, questioned you on everything you did and, you know, wanted to just always be in, in charge yeah. and make decisions for the, that he would ask, you know, ask your opinions, but not necessarily take your, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it was going to yeah. get his go his way regardless. Versus so, hearing. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, there's just different. It just depends on what kind of administration you work for. Sometimes I think what your experience will be. Yeah. I've had some really great experiences and I've had some that were not, <laughs> not as good. Um, and then also just, um, I, I mentioned before the wide range of skills that you get levels that you get in a classroom. Um, sometimes that's hard challenging to meet all the needs to, mm -hmm. you know, to um, make sure that you have, um, met every child's level. It's, yeah, it's a lot, and then you're just run out of time, yeah. and you're exhausted, and it's hard, mm -hmm. but it is rewarding. So, yeah, you know, I don't want to be too negative about it. No, it, no, it is, it is, it is just, uh, you know, some days you feel great about it, and some days you just think, what am I doing? Yeah, you know, and I'm tired, and I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, I, I think I had mentioned to you, like. My daughter just was in her first year this past year with fourth grade, and she came home in, you know, late fall, early winter, and said, I'm not going to do this the rest of my life, mm -hmm. you know. But then, you know, 
by the next week, she was fine again. Yeah. So, you know, we just all have our little ups and downs with it. Yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one thing that, like, you know, it, number one, primarily being females. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, you know, and we have that maternal, like, the, it's not a job that you just clock out and no. go home. No. It's one of those things where either emotionally or physically, mm-hmm. you are bringing things home. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to just kind of, like have that umbrella yeah. of, you know, cause you carry it. Yeah. Um, and you I, do. I think too, it's, you're working with kids, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, think about as a parent, you're dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, however many kids you have Right. as a teacher, you're dealing with an entire And you love them all. Day. Yeah. And that's the thing you, they, you, they're all part, become part of you forever, basically, you know, and it's sad. Cause like you said, you do bring home all of those concerns and, Um, you know, for instance, I had a little boy this year who was homeless and, Hmm. you know, it was just such a struggle for him to even just be at school. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was missing constantly and, um, he was, uh, he, if he didn't make the bus, then nobody could bring him because they didn't have transportation. Mm. So he missed a lot. And, you know, it was just a, there was just a lot, his sister's were supposed to wake him up well then they kind of you know they were Mm -hmm. in high school or junior high they didn't care if he went or not and so he got to the point where he'd wake himself up and Mm. he'd get dressed and try to come to school he just he loved school and I would when he'd come I'd say you're here and his little face would just light up and his eyes would light up and he'd just grin from ear to ear and he he was always telling me how much he loved me and everything and I just it just broke my heart because I knew when he, when he left, Mm -hmm. that it just wasn't, you know, the childhood that I grew up in or that you grew up in. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Yeah. Um, that that sometimes that's hard to take. I'm going to get crying. (laughs) (laughs) But we, I will say that we, as a faculty adopted his family at Christmas time and we really took good care of them and, and made sure that they all had a lot of things that they needed for at Christmas time. So I know that's, it's hard because that's only one time a year and it's like, well, big deal. It's just Christmas, but it was, you yeah. know, you can only do so much. And I mean, the little things when you have nothing, yeah. the little mm-hmm. things really do yeah. mean so much. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that people don't realize. And it used to frustrate me so bad is like when you're working with kids, especially kids who their home life is a scary place or mm-hmm. an unstable place parents don't always know or appreciate or respect the Mm -hmm. relationship that you have with their kids. And a lot of them will get intimidated by the fact that you might be their safe space. And as a parent, I have a different kind of perspective, but I think that also comes from me having that background. Mm -hmm. But like my son is three years old and he has a best friend that's a teacher at his school. And I know that if she's there, that he is taken care of that. And it just, it really gives you a sense of security as a parent because I'm sending my whole world into an environment that this world is terrifying. Right. So, I mean, I, I'll never understand fully why parents have that kind of negative connotation but Mm -hmm. I think it also comes from a place of as a parent if I'm feeling like I'm not meeting that standard that I've set for myself it's extremely disappointing and everybody's going to have somebody that they're going to want to take that out on yeah Um, I agree with you yeah yeah 
Um, so next question is, and this is kind of a loaded question too, um, <laughs> if the people that were, you know, were influential in American education came to you and said, Nancy, we need somebody to advise a change. What mm-hmm. do you think would be a change that you would advocate for the most in this field? I think, well, I wrote two things. One is, one is smaller school sizes for mm-hmm. sure. And smaller class sizes. I think Having worked in small a small school setting, mm-hmm. and then having those schools grow massively, be, have additions put on, and that kind of thing, there's too many kids, too many kids in you know in the building in general, too mm-hmm. many kids in a classroom. It gets to be uh, there's too, just almost too much energy in a building. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it gets to be overwhelming. It's not personal anymore. It's not family-ish mm-hmm. anymore. It's not um, comfortable. Um, I, I left a big, big building and moved to back to a smaller building for my last couple of years. And it's just so significantly different because not only do you have fewer um, classrooms, you have fewer teachers you Mm -hmm. have fewer you know everything is smaller and so you're a much more tight-knit community Mm -hmm. and uh you know more of the kids Mm -hmm. and i you know our principal knew every child by their name i love that and oh i mean just it was incredible to watch uh he was (coughs) a great influence on them they they loved him and he they all knew that he loved them Mm -hmm. And so it was just where, you know, sometimes you get in these huge settings and you just can't have that kind of, you know, you're so, you know, you might have a principal who's got to manage that entire building and they are running like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to figure out, you know, how, how keeping all the balls in the yeah. air. And, um, I just really think we need to go back to smaller schools smaller and smaller class sizes because um you put too many kids in a classroom too that you know it's not they're not getting that personal attention that they need and behaviors get out of control and things like that i think so i really think for me that would be a really big thing the other thing of course which you know everybody everybody probably expects me to say and i am going to say is i think um teachers need to be paid their worth yeah um because people who have the same level educations in almost any other arena would be paid more than twice mm-hmm. what what we're paid um and could not do and can't <laughs> and yeah i mean they just they are and you know we all going into this we all know it mm-hmm. you know um I, again, I tried to talk my daughter out of it. She was a straight-A student her whole life. And I said, you know, you need to go to pharmacy school. <laughs> and, you know, you can work four days a week and make, a, you know, mm-hmm. $150,000 or something. Um, you know, but she, again, she's one of those people that she knew what her decision was. She mm-hmm. went into it because she want, she was meant to do this just like I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... The reality of that kind of feels a little different when you're in it. It though. does. It does. And, you know, I... I've said, she, you know, she's living here yet this year because she's getting ready to get married uh, in February. So there's no, you know, no point for her living independently at this point in an apartment or anything. So um, she, my husband and I have said a couple times, we don't know that she could have even afford to live 
on her own right now. Mm -hmm. Because between a car payment and rent is outrageous and oh, you know that everything is skyrocketing and mm -hmm. they she just doesn't make that much money. And I don't I don't know that she could even afford to be on her own. So it's almost as if she's being paid poverty level mm -hmm. with a with a college degree that she's still paying for also, you know, mm -hmm. with her college loans. So I think we need to start respecting the education and background of teachers coming out of right off the bat mm -hmm. um, because there's going to be a real problem. We are already seeing that problem. Nobody wants to go into education because they know they're not going to be paid well. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be, a, it's, it's already a problem, mm -hmm. but it's going to continue to get worse. Yeah. So they need to start recognizing um, that teachers are professionals, just like, you know, a lawyer or a, you know, I don't know, a doctor, a business person. I mean, on my own children, um, the two that are not teachers, <laughs> they they had started at more. Both of them have jobs that paid more than double what what my youngest daughter makes. And it's crazy because it's like you can't get to those things mm -hmm. unless you've gone through a teacher or mm -hmm. many, obviously. Right. But right. I mean, yeah, these are the people that are teaching you to do these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Well, and you see these athletes getting <laughs> signed for for you know millions and millions of dollars and. Of course, I I like athletes. I love you know the Cardinals and the Blues and all that. I I appreciate the, them and I think they're you know obviously outstanding athletes. They've worked very hard to get there and do what they do. But really, <laughs> how are they impacting? The math ain't math, right? I mean, let's put a pers some perspective on this. You know, who's really doing an important job here? It, it, I don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think that's messed up. And uh, they just, they, they, I, by lay, I guess I mean just in society in general. <laughs> I don't know how to quantify they, but we just think teachers are just expected to be martyrs, basically. Mm -hmm. You Do should. Do out of the goodness yeah. of your mm -hmm. heart. Yeah. And, and you get summers off. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> if we didn't have summers off, you'd have zero teachers mm -hmm. because this job is absolutely exhausting mentally physically i i saw something one day and i wish i could remember the exact number but how many questions a five-year-old asks in one day <laughs> and when you have 25 year olds in a classroom does not exist. i mean it is just thousands mm -hmm. and thousands of questions in your your mind is that your brain has to deal with all of that all day long mm -hmm. every day it's i mean yeah, they aren't all earth-shattering questions, but it's still a decision. I'm making thousands of decisions every second of every day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just all day long. So, you know, that, that whole thing about U.S. Summers Off just gets me because I'm like, well, we also have to continue schooling. We have professional development we have to do to keep mm -hmm. our certification. So we need to do that. We also have do trainings in the summer for you know, new curriculums. We have to revamp our classrooms because every year we have to tear it all down and put it back together um, for cleaning. You know, so there's a lot going on in the summer. Just We do have some time off. I'm not going to say we don't, right. but we do. But we need that. It's mental health. <laughs> yeah. I, I just um, had an interview with another teacher and um, about something unrelated, but she was telling me before about like some of the time off policies and like it doesn't work like it would at a different job. Mm -hmm. Like you have to bank up days and you have to do this and like it's almost like because you get summers off, you should be 
okay with literally anything else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of bananas Mm -hmm. because, and in this society and with how, like you were talking earlier about, you know, your daughter and I, that's essentially like, I would have been in childcare my whole life. Mm -hmm. I love kids. I love that age. I love working with parents and teaching them like, you know, the right Right. things that they're supposed to tap into and what to give time. Like I, I love doing that. But, you know, my dad always used to tell me, like, you can't get paid on hugs and kisses and snuggles. Right. Like, you can't. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, everything, nothing's going down in price right now. Mm-mm. Absolutely So, not. it's, I get that frustration. I mm-hmm. appreciate you giving a realistic vision to people who, you know, like I said before, when you're out of it and you're thinking about going into something because you love something about it so much, Mm -hmm. like if you really love kids and you really want to make an impact, that's the job for you. Sure. But if you're wanting to make Google's the money or even live independently, (laughs) it's not not the one for you. And I think that a lack of realistic expectations is what leads people to being disappointed in it. Yeah, I think so too. I think you, you, when you realize how hard you're working, when you get in there and how little you're getting paid, it's, it's a shock to the system. And to watch your friends who went into other, like mm-hmm. you said, other degrees and things, and they're going off, and like my daughter and her brother and sister, you know, she sees what they're doing, and it's not even close, mm-hmm. you know, now. I think she probably, she had more of a calling to this job than yeah. they had to, in, in, their jobs, what they're doing are just kind of jobs, mm-hmm. you know, they're not probably as fulfilling, but, um, I don't, I don't think teachers should have to be martyrs and, and live with, Mm-mm. you know, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eventually you get there, but you know, when I started teaching 34 years ago, I, I'm, I don't know the exact amount, but I made about $17,000 a year. Oh my gosh. My first year. Yeah. Now, granted, it was 34 yeah. years ago, but I mean, that was low. And, you know, it took me my whole my whole career to get, I mean, I said, I, I got really, not mad, but like annoyed when I saw how much my own two uh, other kids were making. And I thought I had to work like, you know. <laughs> 25 years before I made that much money. Seriously. You know, I I thought, wow, this is, this is really not fair. (laughs) You know, and yeah, it's just, but yeah, that's how it is. is. So yeah. But that would probably be my, my, the two things I would, you know, say that need to be changed. There's a lot of other things too, but those, that would be my two main ones. I think, I think if you did that, those two things, it would be a great place to start. You'd get mm-hmm. a lot more good teachers to stay in it if they felt like they were being paid fairly. Yeah. Because it's not easy. Do you think the class sizes and things like that, does that have to do with like population? Does that have to do with the amount of like money that they have in the budget? Or yeah, like what does that have money. to do? Education okay. is a business. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it is. Uh, it took me a long time to realize that. I think when I went in, you know, I, you, mm-hmm. you just have these wonderful ideas of what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, I grew up also with teachers that I loved and mm-hmm. I still remember. And, um, you just think it's just going to be all this wonderful stuff. And then you get in and you realize everything is about money. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in any other business. And so they're going to put the maximum amount in. Now I will say where I, the district where I was working a couple of years ago, uh, well, kind of all started right around COVID time. 
but they finally reduced our class in kindergarten from 26 down to 20 max. Okay. What a huge mm-hmm. difference that was. I mean, every single, every individual kid that you have less is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, you know how you can get one more kiddo in your, mm-hmm. even where you were in the, in the early child, really early childhood, you get one kid in there. That child can make, make or break your room. <laughs> you know, you don't know what, the, you know, they may come in and be just little, you know, little crazy guys, or <laughs> they may come in and just be a little sweet and angel angelic, but, um, everyone makes a big impact. So when you reduce, take six out, yeah. um, it was like night and day. And we had been banging the beating on the drum for this for years. You know, we would call kindergarten teachers when we would have meetings with the superintendents and things over my whole career, we would say, we need low, we need smaller numbers or we need an, uh, a paraprofessional in the room. We, because we didn't have that either. We were by ourselves with 26 kids, which, you know, you mm-hmm. were one, you were in a class of that big mm-hmm. when I had you and, um, they would just say, well, you can go work someplace else. Right. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's rude. Yeah. Well, I don't um, but you know, we, I guess we beat the drum long enough. Yeah. And, um, they're starting to figure it out that they need to start reducing class sizes. They have reduced them now up through third grade. And this coming year, I know at least we have a one school or had one school that was going through some struggles and I know they reduced some class sizes in those upper grades too. And I don't, I don't know if they're going to do that district wide, but I do know they did it at least one school for this coming year. That's good to see a little yeah. bit. Of- so I, they're at least starting to recognize yeah. that we can't just cram all these kids in this room. I mean, you know, sometimes when I go to professional development and sit in these things, you know, there's this huge classroom full of adults <laughs> and teachers are about the worst because we don't listen very well. And so these poor <laughs> people up here trying to, you know, teach us and we're all, you know, visiting mm-hmm. and, you know, doing a little <laughs> bit of phonage, maybe a little, <laughs> and, you know, we're not the best, but you know, you just get to, if you were go to a workshop and there's 20 people and you're all kind of sitting in a circle or you're, you know, it's different. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay attention, you know, they're, they're it's, yeah, it's yeah. very, very different. So yeah, class size would be huge for okay. sure. Yeah. Um, so you've kind of mentioned a little bit, but what do you think are, um, a few other big differences that you've seen between your earlier years of teaching and later on in your career? The, one of the very biggest things was technology. Mm. Holy moly. (laughs) Holy moly. That was, I, when I started, we had ditto machines. (laughs) We didn't have any, there was no computer. There wasn't, you know, we didn't, everything was manual. We just had paper and pencil and, you know, plan books and grade books. And, and the biggest piece of technology we had was a telephone that was on the wall. And, (laughs) and then we got computers and, uh, you know, just for teacher computers. And I was so intimidated because we really didn't Mm -hmm. do a lot with computer. I guess, you know, I, I mean, they, I had them when I was in college, but there wasn't a lot, I don't know, we just didn't really know yeah. what to do with them. I mean, it wasn't a lot of use. Yeah. And so, yeah, when we got those computers, that was a big learning curve. And then when they decided to give us um, Promethean boards, mm. wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's just hanging on the wall. It's just like a big monster to me because I'm like, oh, I have no idea how to use that thing. But... uh I grew to love it. 
And then, you know, the kids all had Chromebooks too. So mm. even at five, mm -hmm. we have Chromebooks that they would, they need to use for some for testing and some for, for just working on different programs that we would have. Um, I like many things about the technology. I didn't like it as it was hitting me, but I liked it as I, <laughs> as mm -hmm. I learned it. Um, but I think sometimes there's too much, yeah. you know, and, um, so I know I've noticed over the years that because kids are on the computer all the time or they're watching TV or they're doing video games or doing some kind that keeping their attention as a, just a human being standing in front of them talking is a challenge. So, I mean, it really it upped the game as far as trying to keep them engaged with you, you know, when you were, were teaching, um, because their attention's just, they're so used to all the lights and the animation and yeah. the, you know, the movement and it's so much more exciting <clears throat> to watch that versus somebody who's sitting in front of you reading a book. Mm -hmm. Um, they do, they, they do love that. They do love hearing books, but it was just, I have seen a big difference yeah. in that. Um, but there are positives and negatives both yeah. to, to technology. And I wouldn't have given up that Promethean board for anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that, that thing was fantastic. Um, and then also there were, um, there've always been big swings in how to teach, especially reading. Yeah. And so, you know, when I started, it was, it was phonics, but then it kind of moved into very quickly into, uh, what was called whole language. Mm -hmm. And that was all very exciting. And I, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from Joan Kirchhoff, who was your principal. Oh, yeah. And I was all excited and talking to her about this whole language. And she said, now you just need to remember that things, the pendulum swings mm -hmm. and you know, it'll swing. And she said, it always kind of swings back to the middle. She said, you need to, yes, this is exciting, but you need phonics too. You know, you need, it needs to come together in the middle. And I thought, you know, I've always remembered that. And I think that was probably my third year of teaching, maybe fourth, I don't know, right in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. But that's always stuck with me to remember that, you know, you can't jump on the bandwagon for everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now we're, now they've gone to what's called the science of reading. That's a whole new thing. Like everybody yeah. got trained last, last summer I had to go through a week long training for that and start my very last year had to change everything I did to teach oh my God. reading. Yeah. I was like, really? Can I just do it the way I know how to do it? <laughs> just one <laughs> one last year. year. But no, they didn't like that. So, um, and I, I will say it worked. I, I, it, it was fine. Everything was good, but I, um, I just, you know, I've just seen a lot of change over the years in what the expectations were as far as teaching reading at, at you know, in a primary setting. Hmm. So I would say probably that. And then sadly, I think we probably see more kids that have, um, I had mentioned to you, I think the other day that I see more students coming in with, um, autism mm -hmm. or, or spectrum type, mm -hmm. um, um, diagnoses or sometimes not even diagnosed and um also just adhd a lot more significant numbers mm -hmm. are coming in with that kind of thing um and I, and I don't know why i don't have an answer for that but. yeah just kind of an interesting note yeah it is and i just and and to some degree and we see other behaviors too that aren't necessarily something that you know like that's diagnosable but i think like you were saying be earlier like 
you like to help parents kind of learn how to, there's not parenting class. You know, kids aren't, people aren't taught how to be parents. Mm -hmm. So then if they weren't raised in a household with parents who knew how to be parents and Mm -hmm. those people, you know what I mean? It, it, it's hard because they don't necessarily know how to parent. Yeah. And sometimes the kids come in and they're just out of control and, you know, things like that. And they let their kids get away with whatever. So, you know, I, I think if we that would be something else that would be helpful if, if we could include parenting skills, you know, along the mm-hmm. way for, for people as they're coming into adulthood. Yeah. I always say it's funny because I have a huge age gap between my kids and, um, you know, I think it's like seven years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so even now that I have Hendrix, uh, it feels all brand new because mm-hmm. not only have I not experienced it in a while, I only have two kids and everything in life looks different now than it did when Roman was three. Absolutely. Um, so it's almost like I get to new stages and I'm like, I feel like just when I got my footing with this last stage, we're going into a new <laughs> one. So I'm going to need everybody to hold the heck up. Like, so any type and I used to be so like do not give me any parenting at 19 years old I was like don't anybody give me parenting advice <laughs> now at 30 I'm like tell yeah, me what yeah, to do yeah like you're begging for it please yes. tell me how to do this so whenever yeah. I'm like I, I'm even as somebody who I mean three is really I've been waiting for it like it's my rocks like my good like I feel like I'm the best mom when they're when they're three, three. 10 years old is like, mm-hmm. I could do without it. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I yeah. mean, when, when I get to the stages, like two, two is not it for me. <laughs> like it isn't. And so if I'm like, I should have brought you in because three was tough for me. I liked all those. <laughs> but when my kids, I was thought, why do they call the terrible twos? The threes are way, oh, they want to be, you know, they're want that independence and they're, they're pushing you away a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I do it. Kind of thing. Oh God! Yeah, that yeah. does that does kind of piss yeah. Me a little bit. But, <laughs> but I, I, we should have traded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like well, and like it's so funny now because like with Romans teachers, I'm like I, I really like having good communication with his teachers, mm-hmm. and I've been lucky enough to have first year teachers the past two years that really did come into it with, for the right mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. And I can tell Roman is somebody who is a little bit more difficult to handle. Um, as a mother, I'm aware of it, and I'm not going to go into a classroom being like, He's, He's not. perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, we all have our yeah. kids. None of our kids are perfect. Yeah. So I, I, the, I've been the first there. First orientation, I'm like batting down the hatches. Yeah. Okay. Because this one's coming in hot. Um, but oh gosh. I, I definitely feel like as teachers, like especially if like for you, you've been in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So if my kid turned five and he's coming into your classroom, and first question I always ask is, how long have you been doing this? Mm-hmm. You tell me like 30 years. I'm like, listen, can you maybe tell me what to do? Because <laughs> I don't yeah, get five. Yeah. I've had I've had a lot of parents kind of, as I've gotten older, yeah. I think parents do that. I remember <clears throat> being a young teacher and that was something I would get a little sometimes from people. And I'm, I know you weren't doing this to them, but they would be like, well, do you have kids? You know, mm-hmm. kind of if, if, if they didn't like something that I said or did and 
no, you know, I don't. Yeah. And, and they would kind of hold it against me a little bit. But as, over the years, now, I guess, as I started looking older, <laughs> they're like, uh, now we can ask you advice because you're, you know, getting up there. But, um, yeah, I've had a lot of people sit across the table from me and they're like, we don't know what to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I could appreciate that. I mean, there were times I didn't know what to do either as mm-hmm. a parent or and sometimes as a teacher, I'm asking other people, what am I going to do? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do I do this? Brave face, so, but no honesty. Yeah, but that's part of being community. You need, need to do that. Yeah. You know? I wish we could go more back uh, back to, you know, um, you know, it takes a village kind I of idea. That. Yeah. And um, instead of everybody just being so defensive and offended, if, if you, you know, not every, but I mean, many people are, you know, mm-hmm. you give them a suggestion, they're offended. Well, you know, I was just trying to help or, mm-hmm. you know, well, I guess I won't give, offer you any more suggestions <laughs> if you don't want them. But, um, yeah, we need to, we need to be less, I don't know, I guess defensive. Yeah. What do you think is, cause I, I have a lot of friends, I was telling you before, I have a lot of friends that have, I mean, we're reaching to where they've been teaching for, you know, three to five years and they've mm-hmm. already starting to feel burnout because they didn't have a full picture. Yeah. Um, so how do you, what are some adv- advice that you would give uh, as far as preventing or reducing burnout? Right. Well, I would say, first of all, use your <coughs> coworkers as sounding boards, which we kind of mentioned before. Um, go to them, talk to them, cry to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've I've done all that. Um, laugh with them, tell the funny stories. Um, you know, take care of yourself, set some boundaries and remember that we're all dedicated to the job, but it is a job. And, you know, I'm retired this year. It'll still go on. Mm -hmm. You know, it can, it's going to go on without me. And that's okay. So if you are there and you need a mental health day because you just can't take it, Mm -hmm. you know, take the mental health day, you know, just do what you need to do to take care of yourself. I will say, I know about several years ago, probably seven years ago or so, I was much in much better shape. I was walking, you know, three miles a day and I was eating better and I lost a lot of weight and I was a much better teacher because I was, I felt healthier. Yeah. And um, so I think when you take care of yourself physically and get, you know, try to sleep, you know, get your sleep and that kind of thing, it, it, it helps to some degree. Again, teachers can only do so much. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it is burnout is not because of anything. You're, you know, you're not bringing it on yourself, yeah. but you can, um, <clears throat> take that breath, you know, and, and, um, I think, you know, things like yoga and stuff like that. And, and I incorporated a lot of yoga into my classroom Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's just cute little videos online you can pull up and the, you know, there were some for little kids that we did in kindergarten all the time and kids loved it. And if I didn't pull it up in the morning, they'd say, are we going to do yoga? You know, (laughs) sure. And then, and make sure, and don't just go sit at your desk while they do yoga, you know, go over there and do it with them and engage it with it. And, you know, it just things like that. I, I don't know, take, take a minute and breathe because it's, it's not going to be an easy thing. Um, 
I, I think um, sometimes if you have too much on your plate, you know, you might just need to say to somebody else, I need help. Yeah. Can you help me with this? Um, sometimes I felt like they just kept adding more to our plates and mm -hmm. never taking anything away. Yeah. Um, teachers kind of get, <laughs> I remember one year they, we used to always collect at the beginning of the year, there would be multiple papers they had to come back. You know, your parents would have to fill out and send back. And so we would get all these papers back and, you know, we're trying to manage a, new classroom with 26 five-year-olds and we're trying to do all these things well they wanted us to alphabetize each section of papers mm -hmm. and then and you know check off on the list who brought them back and who didn't and that had always been something that had just been sent to the office and mm -hmm. the and the and the, um, <clears throat> the office staff took care of that and then one year they said well we're we're gonna have the teachers do that this year and i thought when you know <laughs> wait a minute so when I'm tired of doing something, can I send something down to them to do? Because I, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't, have yeah. to, I don't have time to do this. And so sometimes you have to push back a little bit. I think, you know, if you're at a faculty meeting or, or a staff meeting, mm -hmm. for instance, if you were at a daycare or whatever, I think sometimes you have to push back a little bit and say, listen, you know, we're all on the same team, but I have too, we have too much on our plates. Is there some way we can, you know, delegate this somewhere else or... Mm -hmm do something because um and you have to ask for it. you have to speak up because mm -hmm. we can go home and complain all we want but unless you say something to the powers that be in your work setting nothing will change right so you can say things respectfully and and ask for things they may say no but you don't know until you ask right yeah <laughs> so i don't know and i and i'm gonna say you know not everybody will do this but i'm also big on prayer I mean, I, I have to pray a lot mm -hmm. because I don't sleep well if I don't, I can't, I wake up at night and my, my brain would just, you know, spin and spin and spin yeah. and spin. And the only way I could get back to sleep was to, to pray about it. So, um, you know, if you are someone who is a, a believer, then that might be a, another thing to do that will help you. <laughs> yeah. That was one thing I said whenever I was running a pre-K classroom is this classroom is running on caffeine and Jesus right mm -hmm. now. Because I, yes. if I didn't have yeah. coffee or Jesus yeah. right now, I'd be losing it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the caffeine is a definite. I used to say I got main, I got caffeine mainlined because I just, <laughs> every day that McDonald's got my dollar seven for that, you know, diet, <laughs> Dr. Pepper or whatever on the way. And I don't drink it anymore, but I, I mean, for years I... I'll probably die from from that because I drank <laughs> I drank all that cap all that saccharin or whatever it is yeah. in there and yeah probably someday it'll when, come back to haunt me yeah. but I needed the caffeine to make hey, it through the day it's yeah that uh, might be what gets me but <laughs> I always used to tell teachers especially like in daycare settings because it's like they could be making potentially minimum wage yeah. and they are dealing with different kind of things, but in a similar kind of way. And mm -hmm. this essence of things are constantly added to their plate and they're, you know, always asking, you know, to have different things. Like, especially during COVID, it was just really rough. Oh, and gosh, like, I yeah. And I'd have teachers come up to me and be like, listen, I really like, don't know if I can do this. And I'm like, mm -hmm. listen, if you are somebody who came into this for the right reasons, remember your why. 
Mm-hmm. That's a big thing for me. And even when I was a teacher, there were days where I was like, I could walk out of here right now. Like I would fantasize. I'd be like, I could just walk out. What would they do? Yeah. You know, I'm I like know. Oh. if I if I just gave all the kids a book and got them in a calm place and then said, Hey, listen, back there they're chilling, but I'm gonna head out. Yeah. Like, what would they do? Right. But it was like in those times, I would try to have those moments of like connecting with yeah. the kids and remembering like this is why I do this. Mm-hmm. This is why I do this. Even when the people up in the office. Or acting a fool, or whenever everything feels like it's out of my control, we're gonna sit here and control. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm—I mean, we used to do that to my my friend uh, that I taught with. She, she and I would—I can't tell you how many times we had conversations about what else could we do. Mm-hmm. What? Let's write some children's books. <laughs> Million dollar. Oh my ideas. gosh, we yep. were—we were always trying to come up with some way we were going to get out of doing this, and. You know, neither of us ever did. Yeah. She's got five more years. I'm done. And, and but here, you know, it just is. <laughs> and I'm sure people in other professions do the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. I got to get out of here. I know my daughter, the other daughter, not, not the teacher, but she's called me and said, I don't want to do this job anymore. I get it. You know, I, I do. But I, I think your point's well taken. You do, if you really have a good relationship with the kids, they will anchor you back. Mm-hmm. They will bring you back. And when you're sitting there and just from a distance and you see something that just warms your heart, then you're like, okay, this is why I'm here. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. It's, it's yeah. funny how many, how many times we've talked about that. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I think Can't it's also it. worth saying, like, if there comes a day when you realize, oh shit, like yeah. I got into this and this actually is not what I want my mm-hmm. life to look like because if you really feel like it's what you're meant to do that's when I say remember your why mm-hmm. if you're self-reflecting and you're like this is I mm-hmm. this doesn't feel right in my spirit and my heart and my mind none of it none of it is feeling aligned with me right now maybe take a time out or right. go find something else to do because mm-hmm. it's not too late until right. it's too late you don't want to be there making an making a bad impact you know not making a good impact i guess Mm -hmm. i would say on kids Mm -hmm. so yeah if you're not if you can't give it yourself to it you probably shouldn't be there yeah you know it's not yeah you will be unhappy and it will reflect the kids need they can read that Mm -hmm. they can read that and that's like i said about my prince my former principal you know the kids it wasn't a show. It wasn't fake. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell the difference in somebody who genuinely likes who they're, you know, talking to and somebody who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so if you have to go to work and pretend that you like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like your like the kids or whatever, yeah, no, they, they, they feel that and you will not be successful, excuse me, successful. Yeah. No. Um, last question. If you had it to do all over again, would you do it? I would say yes, because I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it was so hard when we would have those conversations and say, what else could we do? What else could we do? Well, we don't know because there's nothing else. That, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it. This is what we do. <laughs> this is what I'm good at. Um, I truly felt like God gave me that calling as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, even at five years old. My whole life, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So 
I feel very lucky that I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Not very, not everybody no. does. Most no. people don't. I, I know my own kids have struggled with that too. You know, we're telling kids who are 17 and 18 years old, they need to make a decision what you want to do the rest life. of your life. And yeah. it's, that's a lot to expect someone to make a decision about. And, but I was blessed and always knew. So I do, I do take it as a blessing. Um, I would do it again. Um, you know, there obviously there were difficult parts, and uh, in fact, because I love the kids so much, I am going back now yeah. <laughs> to be a paraprofessional <laughs> and uh, help out because you know I didn't want to be away from them that long. And I was really sad I was going to miss miss them, and so I'll get to work with a lot of the kids that I've had in the past That's couple awesome. years. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. It just it'll just be in a different capacity, and I won't have all the stress. <laughs> That sounds like your acoustic sweet spot. Yes, I think so. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with me today. I think this is something that a lot of people needed to hear. Um, So I appreciate your insight and the way that you've impacted my (laughs) life because I literally remember moments in that. There are years in school where I'm like, I don't even remember who my teacher was. And then thinking back about my first year of school, I'm like, I can remember so many things. Well, that makes me feel so. good because <laughs> I, I can't remember when I was in kindergarten. So, you know, it's that it does. I appreciate that. That yeah. makes me feel good that you that you remember. And I hope I I'm glad I made a good impact on you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't perfect, but I, you know, we at least we try our best. So if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with some friends if you think that they would enjoy it also. If you want to volunteer to be a guest or if you want to hang out, please email you can sit by me podcast at gmail.com. You can also email there if you have any questions or comments or anything you want to talk about. I really appreciate you guys listening and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks, guys.